We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, this has been our show about college football in general. We've hit name, image, and likeness. Touched on the transfer portal a little bit, just kind of how it's been mucked up a bit with name, image, and likeness. And we've talked Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher and some of the other things that uh, the NCAA is doing. They're changing uh, the fact that you don't need to have two divisions to have a championship game. One other move that they made, though, was to eliminate the yearly limit of 25 scholarship players. To understand how this works, there's two numbers that have always been important. 85, which is the total number of scholarships, and 25 scholarship players per year. And by the way, bringing guys in from the transfer portal count as the tw- in that 25. Well, they've eliminated that 25 essentially because a team could end up really short-handed if they get hit hard by the transfer portal, which could really happen when a coach leaves and whether players leave just because they don't like the change in coach. We saw a bit of that with Penn State basketball last year. You also have the situation where maybe players follow the coach who's transferring. Without having to sit out a year, without that penalty, that freedom of movement could create a problem for player or for teams. I think it, it was a decision they had to make, right? Yeah, I think, um, you know, and, and they did it a little quicker than I thought. I mean, it's not like it's a perfect thing, but you do need to have uh, some kind of mechanism in place for coaches to be able to replenish their rosters in situations where they get gutted most oftentimes when uh, when a coach leaves and there's a coaching change and uh, you lose you know you you, you want to not only um, get as many high school kids as you as you can but also maybe try to get some transfers in to try to help you be more competitive right away there needed to be with all this player movement and the ability for for a coach to lose you know no matter how well things are going for and be able to lose a bunch of guys at once uh, they did need something um, to, to be able to combat that. And I think this is this is a really good start in that direction. I, I like that move. I do think, you know, uh, they're probably going to be a year or two behind on these things. Um, they're addressing the transfer portal now when name image like this is kind of running running wild. So maybe we'll see some more moves between now and the start of the season. Maybe after next season, we'll see some more, uh, you know, uh, more ways to safeguard against, you know, NIL abuse. But, you know, this was that was a pretty solid move to get that 25 scholarship players removed. And you saw, you know, Penn State on multiple times. Um, you know, I wasn't super familiar with how you manage that 25 until we saw Penn State go through the sanction process and have to, uh, you know, in, in some cases, backdate players who enroll in January. It can be backdated to the previous year. You can kind of, like the salary cap, you can kind of fudge it around a little bit. Uh, now, I don't think you have to sweat that quite as much. No, you won't have to. And again, I could just see, we saw what happened to Penn State during that sanction period where they lost several scholarships. And for a team 
it could be put in a position where you don't have enough scholarship players just because you have so many transfer out. And if you're limited to a total of 25, come you could have 35 players leave, be, you know, some kind of attrition, graduating, going to the NFL early and transferring, and you just have no way to make up that number. This gives you that opportunity. I suspect in some ways, you know, might that turn into more processing of players it's like hey you know if I could get rid of five more players off my roster this year you know I could bring in 30 scholarship players instead of 25 which is you know so I'm sure we'll see some more of that you know the unintended consequences but they still had to do this move let's um talking about roster management and transfer portal and how it can affect teams Wanted to ask you, though, about Penn State and James Franklin's philosophy with the transfer portal. It seems like he's much more selective than a lot of other teams. He, We've only seen you know, a handful of players transfer in. What do you think of uh, James Franklin's strategy where he seems to be much more particular about who he brings in? I think that's a strategy that's built for the long haul. I think you've seen some programs find a little success in rapidly improving their position, like Rutgers, for example. Michigan State was another good one. You know, Mel Tucker, in order to get as competitive as possible, as quickly as possible, he had to bring some guys in who had some experience. And I don't think you really have a chance to um, be super, super picky in terms of being able to vet these guys and check their backgrounds and check in with their professors or old coaches and stuff like that. Um, James Franklin has remained insistent on making sure that either number one, they've got, you know, undisputable tape that's out there that they can be impact players or number two, that they, they might go back with the guy through the recruiting process where they got to know their family, got to know the kid, got to know their coach, that the background work was done previously. So they have some, some good Intel to work off of just in terms of the chances that, that they're taking. So I think that's the smart, diligent decision to make. Um, and they've, you know, even though Penn state has had some, some sort of sweeping changes and a bunch of guys leave, um, one cycle or another, they've been able to stick to that philosophy and stay patient and continue building through the more traditional pipelines. And I think that ultimately, you know, you're going to want your, your, um, you know, your, your efforts to be centered around building a roster that, um, that is homegrown and not rented. Uh, there's going to always be that role. You're going to always have guys who unexpectedly leave. You're going to always have positions where, you know, for a variety of reasons, get very, very thin from one year to the next, thinner than you anticipated. And these are ways to rectify that. And you've seen Penn State do that um, so far. I mean, it's it's too early to tell, but, you know, based off of how last year went, for example, you know, how can you argue with that strategy? I, I think they got a lot of good things and they didn't have... A a lot of players who, who really didn't didn't work out. Yeah, they did do well. You see an Arnold Ibikidi come in, and you see what he does for the team. But they did it just in positions of need. Now, my concern, Dustin, and, you know, please tell me if I should be worried about this or not, there seems to be, using Pitt as an example, their wide receiver, real good player, there's more money elsewhere, Boom, you know, he's gone. 
Is this something Penn State has to look out for, though, if you're not bringing in a lot of guys in free agency, essentially? Do you need to be concerned about guys you're going to lose in free agency? Boy, I mean, I, th- I think it's always a threat. I mean, I think what James Franklin would say, I think what the company line would be is that we've recruited from the beginning integrity-driven guys, uh, guys who value education, guys who value um, you know, doing work in the community and stuff like that. I do think... You know, there's there's some elements of truth to that. But, you know, at at any given time, if your program that's not giving your best player or not putting them in a a position to make a million dollars, if that player wants to go chase a check, that player can go chase a check. And I do think that at some point in time, unless there are big changes made in in college athletics, you know, I, I think most programs at some point or another will get hit with that, which could then prompt Penn state to go and be a little bit more risky, trying to find an impact player uh, on the open market, you know, but so far they've managed to, I think the attrition that they've experienced is a little bit heavier than usual, but I don't think, you know, completely out of the ordinary either. So that, that time could come for anybody. And the question is, will Penn State be able to stick with that same philosophy if they would have, say, lost Parker Washington or they would have lost, uh, you know, Joey Porter Jr. this offseason? Then what do you do? You have to, you have to uh, kind of try to pursue some star power to replace it. Yeah, you do. And that's the danger that you have in this and where you know, as a philosophy, that's the question. Will you have to change your philosophy if you're going to lose so many more players through the transfer portal? Are you going to have to pick up the pace in bringing players in? So far, you know, Penn State's been pretty fortunate. You could point at the quarterbacks, and if you're not a Sean Clifford fan, you're going to point at Will Levis, a potential top 10 draft pick next year depending on you know who you talk to so you have that fear and you know earlier cynical Jim in talking about NIL and transfer saying hey what's wrong with it essentially I'm saying I don't see what's wrong with it I don't until my team's affected (laughs) then I see an issue so now we're going to replace cynical Jim with hypocritical Jim he says, I have no problem with this at all, Dustin, until it affects my team. Well, then you sound just like Nick Saban and Gene Smith then. You know, the the very people that we were t- we started this show talking about, you know, and that's kind of, you know, the, the issue here is that everybody's out for their own self-interest now. And that includes the players now. So, you know, everybody's in pursuit of what benefits them the most and whatever they can do and say in the public realm to influence that. They seem to be okay doing that. Um, I think you're going to see some subtle changes along the way. And hopefully, you know, if a guy wants to get out of a bad situation or needs a scenery change or whatever, hopefully that's the driving force in a transfer and not that somebody else can pay him more. But again, I mean, you bring a good point. I don't know if I can really fully refute it. Is that the worst thing in the world if, if that's happening? I mean, it just opens yourself up, um, you know, to, to boosters being able to kind of be shady behind the scenes. And, you know, I, I think it's not where college football wants to be. I think in a year or two, it's not where they will be. I think the dust will settle some on all this, Dustin. And now serious Jim will tell you, I'm not sure I have a real problem, though, with the players doing things that are in the players' best interest. 
if you remember last year, we a little bit different story, but the the end result is the same. Uh, we talked about Lonnie White, who was a Penn State commit, and he ended up going in the baseball draft, and I think getting a signing bonus over a million dollars. How could you blame a kid for passing up life-changing money? And if you're 18, 19, 20 years old, and you're getting that much money presented to you, you owe it to yourself and your family to take advantage of that. So I'm not going to be critical of any of the players for taking the money. It's no different than if the New York Times came running to you, Dustin, offering twice the salary as Penn Live. I think you might take the job. That is it, though, for our show. I don't even give you a chance to respond to that, Dustin. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com.